home. The best way to start any meeting is just to let God take over. Yes. It's not a coincidence and it's not a fluke that you're here. It's not by chance. It's yet your decision, but God orchestrated it. Yes. If you've got physical pain in your body, if you've got some kind of physical infliction, um, and maybe it's not necessarily pain, but it's something that you've been struggling with physically for quite some time, maybe for years, just quickly slip out of your seat and come to the front. I'm doing this because God told me to do this. It's not what I want to do, it's what He wants to do. This is a, this is a divine moment. It's not, Kim, don't stay there, mate. Come forward. Because <laughs> it's not a fluke and it's not a coincidence that that's happened to your ankles. Okay. I'm going to have to put the microphone down because I can't walk far with this one. Just close your eyes, open, put your hands out in front, and just. It's not me, it's God. This is what He said. If anyone is sick among you, He says, present your request to Him. Yeah. If you ask, this is what He said, if you ask for anything that is according to His will, yes. healing is His will. Yes. Yes. He then says, so be it, let that, let that happen. Yes. Then He also says somewhere else in the word, He says, Two or three agree on anything yeah. that's according to his will. Yeah. So does, does anyone here agree with me that yeah. healing is his will? Yeah. Okay.
can picture him, but just picture him in front of you at the moment. Just ministering to you. Lord, let that healing flow. Take all that pain. gets us down and it causes you concern you know it just doesn't leave your mind and it weighs heavy we're not meant to carry that he said he would carry our burdens but we've got to cast it over we've got to give it to him but sometimes we've actually got to specifically describe what it is just tell me say lord i've been carrying this da, 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 for so long or something's happened outside of my control my fault let it happen I'm sorry for carrying it for so long Lord I just give it to you right now you don't need to put your hand up or you know just you know who you are just whisper it to him he's going to take it and it's going to be miraculous you're not going to feel the weight of it anymore it's like well where did it go he took it so Lord whatever it is now Lord the devil is a liar Yes. Yes. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he sows wrong seeds yes. into our minds and into yes. our hearts, Lord, yes. bringing all kinds of circumstances of life. So, Lord, we choose, we make a decision right now to give it to you. Yes. This burden, this weight, this worry, this stress, Lord, whether it's financial, emotional, or spiritual, Lord, we give it to you. Wherever it came from, Lord, we rebuke it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Get out that door, devil. You have no right. You have no authority in here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, I declare freedom in this place. Freedom. 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 And I declare the peace of, the peace of God to settle in your heart, but also in your mind. Let the joy of the Lord now just rise up within their hearts, Lord, I pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God has an incredible, wonderful plan for you. He has not forgotten you. He has not walked away from you. He's heard every whisper. He's seen every tear. He's been there in the dreams that you've come up with in your own heart. He designed and he's created. He's not forgotten you. He has an incredible plan and purpose for you personally, but also for you as a church. You are unique and you are different. Yes, that's how he created it. That's his design. It's wonderful. Thanks. God's got it. He's got it. 
Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Yes. This moment now, don't miss it. Don't miss it. What God's doing in this little moment is going to grow. Yes.
this is what waiting is, it's waiting. Like when you're waiting for your wife to come out of the thread shop.
devil, you have no right. cast any spear to remind because of the blood of Jesus Christ that protects the eyes, watches over Specifically, what you want to say or what we want to unpack today. So tomorrow's message, I know, I know tomorrow's message is spot on, and I know this one's spot on, but it's a little bit different. Okay, so I want to do a little bit of interactive stuff. I'm going to get my wife to come and join me and help me with this one. Um, if you've got a phone or whatever, you can take some notes. If not, I can send you the notes later. Okay. Oh, wow. I'll fax them to you. Do <laughs> 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 you remember faxes? Yeah. Uh, let me ask you a question. Can you explain or describe to me what love is? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Unconditional, yes. Passion, kindness, patience, yeah. Patience. Patience. Yeah. Yeah. Sacrifices. Sacrifices, yeah. You're a choice. A choice, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not an easy one, is it? No. Everything. It's not, I mean, it is easy, but it's not. Mm. 
So Kim and I were having a bit of a laugh this morning. Um, he was telling me about a show he was watching and um, went to a women's, was it a? Women's march. Women's march. And a guy went in there and asked, can you please describe to me, I just want to know, what is a woman? And they couldn't. They could, but they couldn't. So I did, you know, like laugh. What, how do you describe it? I'm going to have a crack at it this morning, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll probably get it wrong, but please forgive me. <laughs> Love is the foundation and strength of any good relationship. Love is the foundation and strength of any good church and family. Love is the glue that holds and brings people together. Where there is no love, disconnection is evident. Families, relationships and churches break down and fall apart when love is absent. Separation and division can come in when there is no love. And when love is lost, relationships, friendships, families, churches, they can drift and fall apart. So love is the glue. It's the foundation of a relationship. For the family, for the church to grow and to prosper, it must have evidence, and I thought of this word, and I think it, it works well. It's got to have evidence in its DNA. Love. Because love's not in the DNA, in the foundation. It probably won't sustain and last very long. <coughs> For the family to survive and to go through every season, every change of life, it must have in its core ingredients, love. What's one of the core ingredients that you put into a cake? Flour. I'm not a cook, but uh, <laughs> if you don't have flour in a cake, I do know that you should have self-raising flour in most cakes that rise. <laughs> we made a um, chocolate pudding on plain flour. Didn't work out. Didn't rise. <laughs> <laughs> to stay together forever, it must have woven into its fabric of the relationship, family, church, or friendships, love. But to say you need love, you've got to first understand what love is. Yeah. We've had a crack at it. Then you'll know why and how to give and to receive love. Yeah. So what really is love? Love is an emotion. It's a strong affection and personal attachment. Love is also a virtue, representing human kindness, compassion and affection. Love is the unselfish, loyal and benevolent concern for the good of one another. Love may also be described as actions towards others based on compassion or actions to towards others based on affection. Love refers to a variety of different feelings. I mean, love is just so complex. <laughs> different states and different attitudes, ranging from pleasures, you know, like, oh, I love chocolate, <laughs> which I do, uh, to I love water skiing, I love football, 
to an interpersonal attraction like, I love my wife, I love my children. You see how love can be so... Yeah. <coughs> love may also refer specifically to the emotional closeness of family love, the passionate desire of intimacy and romantic love, to the platonic love that defines friendship. I love my mates. And to the profound oneness and devotion of Christian love. The diversity and uses of meanings of love combined with the complexity of the feelings involved makes love unusually difficult to consistently define. Even when it's compared to all of the other emotions that we have. <laughs> love is the most common theme that's used in theatre, movies, arts, Books, literature. Yeah. Love may also be understood as part of a survival instinct. A function to keep human beings together or against any threat. Our Christian understanding is that love originally came from who? God. To know God is to love God. And the beginning of knowing and understanding of what love truly is comes from God. The Bible's full of different examples. Let me write some down if I can find them. Just, I mean, love is all through the Bible. I've just, I had like 10 pages. And um, I just pull out a few to see if I can uh, open this up. Nat, can you just get my glasses out, please? I turned um, 50 a couple of months ago. So I know I look 20. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. <Yeah. laughs> 1 John 3 11. For this is the message you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Yeah. John 4, 7. Dear friends, love one another, for love comes from God. For God so loved us. <laughs> no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, then God lives in us and love is made complete in us. Uh, now about your love for one another... We do not need to write it to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God how to love one another. Yeah. It's just that there's so many scriptures on love. Yeah. And I don't have time to go through them all, but we can actually really learn something from God's word. Yeah. And so I actually looked up the word love in the Bible to see what it means. And there's actually three Greek meanings. You probably know this. And if you do, awesome. If you don't, I'm going to try and teach it to you this morning. The first um, description of love is known as agape love. Have you heard of that? Yes. My assistant, if you can write this on the board, please. That's not straight enough. Keep her in line, don't worry. She keeps me in line. Agape love. Can you see that? 
I was telling the guys this morning when I grew up, the pulpit we had in our church was nearly three times the size of this. It went right out to here and out to here. It was a big one. No one was game to touch it because someone in the church made it. They couldn't get rid of it. Okay, agape love. Agape love is unconditional. It's a deliberate choice and a commitment to love. This is the first one, okay? So agape is like the foundation. It's, it's, it's a love that's unconditional. In the New Testament, it's, a, it's charitable. Selfless, unconditional acceptance in, involving the will. Agape love does not have the primary meaning of feelings or affection attached to it. Okay, so it's not about feelings or affection. Just an unconditional love. It's a parental love seen as creating goodness in the world. It's the way God is seen to love humanity. No conditions, no discrimination, no prerequisites. God just loves them. And it's seen as the kind of love that Christians should aspire to have one for another. So when you start a relationship with anyone, even as a church, this is the foundation. Mm. Agape love. No discrimination. I'm not loving you because, you know, you've got money. <coughs> I love you because I love you. No reason. I just love you. Yeah. Agape is the broadest form of love. And it's designed as the foundational starting point of all relationships. This is how God designed love. The word agape love is the same word that's used to describe for what love is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 to 7 you know the love chapter well this is agape love agape love never gives up agape love cares more for others than it does for itself agape love doesn't want what it doesn't have agape love doesn't strut and doesn't have a swelled head doesn't force itself on others, and it isn't me first. Agape love does not fly off the handle, does not keep score of the faults of others and the weaknesses of others. See how there's no feeling and emotion and all that? It's just love. Agape love doesn't revel when others grovel. It takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Agape love puts up with anything and it always trusts. Agape love always looks for the best and it never looks back. Agape, agape love goes on and on and on to the very end. It's just pure. Just an awesome foundation to start a friendship or a relationship or anything. To start a church. <laughs> Agape love is not about what you can get. It's all about what you can give. Uh, my wife and I have this saying that we, we, we remind ourselves all the time. We're married, okay? <laughs> Marriage is not about you. It's all about the other person. It's a giving love. 
This kind of love is unconditional. It loves for better, for worse. For richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. Agape love chases after the one who's hurting and is weak. Agape love gives when the other person is unable to give. Agape love gives, sorry, loves always about pleasing the other person. There are no strings attached to this love. Agape love has given up all the rights to self and flows freely in gracious generosity. Agape love gives special gifts. Not necessarily expensive. But small tokens of respect and love. Tender words. Agape love is not about what you can get. It's all about what you can give. It's like you serve to serve. Not to be served. Now that's just the first one. We'll go to the next few in a second. That's agape love. It's like mowing your neighbour's lawn. Just because you want to. Not because you want to get anything in return. It's showing kindness to the person who cut you off in traffic. Helping somebody who's broken down on the side of the road. Even then, even though you don't, don't have any mechanical knowledge. It's just something that you, you stop to help, you know. It's a love. Not to get anything back in return, you know. Well, I've helped you change your tyre, so you've got to pay me. It's a love that causes you to forgive others who might steal from you, criticise you, or show you wrong grace. That's agape love. The second love is filio love. It's narrowing down a little bit too. Filio love is tender affection or feelings. This has got to do with feelings. It's the next level of intimacy in friendship. Filio love is about the affection. It's a human response to something that's found to be delightful and brings tender affection. Filio love is also known as brotherly or sisterly love. It re represents fondness towards another. Filio love is best described in friendship. And the friendship love that is between close friends and close partners. Because it has feeling and it has desire to be in the presence of another. I, I've got some friends that I've known for many years. And um, it's wonderful how our friendship has grown. I mean, they, they've annoyed me and they've hurt me and done different things. But they've also been there to help me. One particular friend in, in, that I can think of, uh, when I broke my neck, I remember him coming to me saying, Andrew... We've made a decision that um, we're going to have you come and live with us. I was a quadriplegic at the time. <laughs> and I said, you can't do that. I'm in a wheelchair. I, I need full-on assistance 24-7. And he said, yeah, we've made that decision. My wife and I have sat down with our family. We're going to change our house. We're going to put ramps in and everything. I, I tell you, that... That is feelings of, this is pure love, that I have for him. Affection, it's just, it's at a different level. It's not this anymore. Yeah. Because I knew that he would give up his life for me. Oh, wow. It's a different level of love. It's not just knowing of them. But it's actually knowing them. Uh-uh. 
I know things about them that is different to probably what I know about you, because I haven't spent much time with you. But the more time I spend with you, the more I hear your story, the more we have experiences, interactions, we go from this to this. It's like, you know, the, the Australia, I think it's called Anzacs. It is it's called Anzacs. Um, there's a special bond between Australia and New Zealand. We will sledge the New Zealanders, and New Zealanders will sledge us. We'll have a go at each other, you know. But if you touch a New Zealander, you'll have all of Australia ready to take you out. Because we went to war together. We fought together. Our friends, our mates died in the trenches together. We went to New Guinea and fought together. There is this camaraderie that is different to this. We love New Zealand, but we actually love New Zealand because we have spilt blood together. This is filio love in the Bible. Revelation 3.19, this is what God says. The people I love, the people I filio love, I call to account, I prod and correct and guide so that they'll live at their best. God loves us, not loves us. He has this emotional attachment to us. He prods us, he guides us, he's intricately involved in our lives because of filio love. The third one, the final one, is Eros love. The Bible only has three descriptions of love. These are the three. It's a sensual or sexual or physical attraction and passion in love. Eros love is usually associated with sexual desire. Eros is where the word erotic comes from. Eros refers broadly to the intense desire of yearning one for another. Eros represents a more intimate form of love. And this is the only kind of love that God restricts to one man and one woman relationships bound within marriage. Because Eros loves um, ties the soul together. And you become one with the other. Eros is the ultimate in intimacy. Therefore it must be private, guarded, and intimately nurtured and treasured. A real life-giving and long-term relationship cannot just be built on Eros. It needs agape and it needs filio. It's, um, see, without, without that and that, your whole relationship falls over. Because if you start your relationship back on that, Eros, almost fell over. That's what happens. It falls over. There we go. Doesn't matter what you do, it'll tip over. <laughs> Without doesn't matter, any relationship, if it doesn't have this in it, it becomes a lopsided tri- triangle. Yeah. Yeah. You can't build a relationship on that. Yeah. Not how God designed it. Any relationship. 
Oh, you know, I wish it went, when I was a teenager, I wish they showed me this. Yeah. <laughs> Eros is not the foundation on which you build a relationship. Research has shown this, that the average lifespan of a relationship based entirely on, on Eros, romantic obsession, or that experience, lasts only two years. Two. Two years. Two. Two. A successful marriage must have all of the components of love blended in balance to be strong and healthy. And in the correct order. I mean, Hollywood tells us the opposite, doesn't it? Yeah. The language of love. I'm so grateful for the grace of God. Yeah. Because God forgives. He restores. And we mess it up. But He also has a plan. Yes. And we get the plan right, we come back to the plan. Yeah. I want, what I want to do now is I want to try and go just to the, to the right a little bit, or the left, whatever, um, and just show you something a little bit different about love. That I know will help you... Um, personally, whether you're married or not, but it'll also help you as a church. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, the book called The Five Love Languages. Yeah. Some of you have read it. Yeah. Um, when we do marriage counselling, we do this with every couple. Um, it's, not, it's not necessarily the Bible, it's not, but it's definitely an incredible tool to help. Um, and if, if I can, I'd like to just go through them really quickly with you this morning. So, the language of love has a store tank, an emotional love tank. Inside every child is an emotional tank, waiting to be filled with love. When a child real, really feels loved, they will develop normally. But when the love tank is empty, the child will misbehave and tend to go off track. The emotional need for love, however, is not simply a childhood phenomenon. The emotional need of love and health for love follows us into adulthood, even into work circumstances, into church and into family, definitely into marriage. Everyone has an emotional love tank that needs to be filled. God has given us all a yearning for complete and unconditional love. Just like, you know, your car needs petrol, if you don't put petrol in it, what happens? Stops. <laughs> you have to put the right petrol in too, don't you? Anyone ever put um, petrol into a diesel car? Or diesel into a petrol car? They don't go too good. We had a guy on our staff, we called him Diesel. Because he used to put diesel in the petrol vans all the time. Yeah. Cost us a lot of money. Well, it's the same with love. The, the five love languages, we'll go through them. If you're getting that right emotional love all the time, your tank's going to be full. Yeah. If you get the right fuel, you're going to run right. If you get the wrong fuel, you'll be coughing and spluttering. Yeah. <coughs> so, the five love languages, let's go through them quickly. The first one is known as the wor is words of affirmation. If this is your primary love language, it's unsolicited compliments mean the world to you. This is my primary love language. 
words of affirmation. So you can tell me how good I am. Oh, I feel loved. Hearing, hearing those words of, of affirmation, it actually says to you that you're loved. That you're really important. Hearing the reasons behind that sends your spirit skywards. People whose love language is words of affirmation are responsive to praise and would demonstrate an increase of self-esteem and confidence if they're received quite regularly. Affirmation and the expression of appreciation and encouragement is vital for those people. <clears throat> I know on my, when we were pastoring, there were people on my team, that was their love language. I would go up to them after Sunday service and I'd say to them, man, you're just the best youth kids pastor in town. I watched how you did this, this, and this, and this. And I could just see them like come alive. Because they felt not only encouraged, they felt loved. That tank within them, you know. They couldn't wait to come back the next Sunday. I didn't give them gifts because it didn't mean anything to them. I gave them words of appreciation. Even in your own family, you think of your brothers and sisters, or your partner, or your sons or daughters. What's their love language? The opposite is true as well. Insults, criticism, will leave them shattered. And they're not easily forgotten. If that words of affirmation is your love language, if you do the opposite to them, there's a lot of rebuilding to do. Sometimes we struggle, you know, in relationships because we don't fill the, the right tank. The second one is quality time. Saying I love you is giving full undivided attention. Being there for this kind of person is critical. But really being there, like you can be there, but not there. Being really there is putting your phone away, <laughs> turning the TV off, eye contact, you know? Giving undivided attention, it really matters to that person. It may also refer to time spent performing some kind of activity that you don't like, but they like. Going for a walk, or <laughs> you know, going to the ballet. <laughs> My daughter wants to go see Cinderella. So I'm sending Natalie with her. <laughs> I'll make up for it some other way. <laughs> uh, distractions, postponed dates, or the failure to listen can be especially hurtful to those kind of people. Quality time is, is just being there listening for that person. It's spent, spending time with them, walking, having a coffee, getting rid of the distractions, the movies. The next one is receiving gifts. Uh, let me just say this with quality time. Um, when you listen to a person and they're talking with you, listen to listen. Yeah. Not to respond. Yeah. Yeah. 
This is the big mistake that people have in these front groups, these moments. Like you, you're listening to them, but you're listening to them to fix it. Yeah. Or to give a response, or yeah. you know, they don't want you to say anything. They don't want you to fix it. They just want you to hear them. Yeah. My wife is quality time. I, I'm all. I know this one real well. Because <laughs> I'm a fix it. I, I love fixing things and giving. You know, I just gotta listen and acknowledge eye contact. Uh, the next one is, I like this one, receiving gifts. Um, don't mistake this love with materialism. The receiver of gifts thrives on your thoughtfulness. An effort behind the gift. If you speak this language, the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are known and that you are loved, cherished and cared for. And you are prized above whatever the sacrifice was to bring you that gift. You see, a missed birthday or missed anniversary to a person that is primary love language of giving of gifts is disastrous. Or even a hasty, thoughtful, you know, thoughtless race down to the shop, get a card and a gift. Um, yeah, it's terrible. Receiving of gifts. My mum is that. She just loves receiving gifts. And it doesn't need to be perfume or anything expensive. It could be something that I've made. It could be just me even going and um, buying her a coffee and giving it to her. It's the thought that I was thinking about her. You know, she was treasured. It's me sending a text message or writing a note. Um, some sort of tangible gift that I'm giving her. Buying her a ticket to a movie or, you know. I had a friend, his, um, he was one of my drum students. And I knew that, he, I'd worked it out, that his love language was gifts. He just loved gifts. So every few weeks I would either buy him a, a new pair of drumsticks or something like a drum video or... I don't know videos now, but you know. <laughs> um, something that was in the line of drums. And he just loved coming to the lessons. He practiced better than any other kid that I had. Because he felt loved and appreciated by me. The next one is acts of service. Can vacuuming the floors really be an expression of love? Yeah, absolutely. To a person whose love language is... Acts of service. <laughs> Unfortunately. How's Bethany? Okay. We, 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 won't tell, we won't tell any of our children this, but acts of service is definitely a love language for them, okay? That's it. It builds our pain. <laughs> Anything that you do to ease the burden of responsibilities weighing on this person whose love language is acts of service, will speak volume to them. The words he or she absolutely wants to hear is, can I do that for you? Or, is there anything that I can do? Or, let me do this for you. Natalie's mum, my mother-in-law, her love language, primary love language, is acts of service. And my, my love language for giving is acts of service. So when I go and see her mum, is there anything I can do? Because I love doing work. I love doing jobs. And I, I, she gives me this list. 
And I tell you, she loves me. I'm up here, I'm up, up here in the will. My brother-in-law who does nothing, he's down here. But, but I just, that's her love language. Like taking the garbage out. You know, washing the car, doing any of those sorts of things, she feels so loved and appreciated. She feels like she's number one. My father-in-law doesn't get it. <laughs> he does, but he doesn't. <laughs> Acts of service. Laziness, broken commitments, making more work for them, tells the person whose primary love language is acts of service that they don't matter. It makes them feel unloved and, you know. Selfless service is a term used to denote a service which is performed without any expectation or result or reward for the person performing it. I don't do all those things for my mother-in-law because I want to be in the world. I do it because I love her and I want her to feel appreciated. Those whose love language is acts of service need you to serve them. Mm-hmm. By doing a chore, that is either asked or not. Um, when, when, you, um, when you look at your family, and you... We've got one more that we'll go through in a second, but when you look at your family, can you work out what their primary love language is? We'll, we'll go through questions in a minute and I'll show you how to work out what you are and what your children are and what, what all that is. But when you actually know what their love language is, you can get the best out of them and you can put the best into them. And this works in any area. In church. You know, you, you wonder why um, some people are so hard to get to serve. It's just that their primary love language is not acts of service. But it could be quality time. They just love spending time with people. So don't get them putting out seats. Get them doing pastoral care. Go and visiting people having coffee. They'll do that all day, all night, because they love doing it. When I worked this out with my team, our team went from this level to this level. Because they loved doing what they were doing, but they also felt in return absolutely loved, appreciated, cherished, and number one. The last one is physical touch. A person whose primary love language of physical touch is not surprisingly very touchy. (laughs) Hugs, pats on the back, you know, holding their hand, or thoughtful touches on the arm or shoulder, they can always feel supported. They get excited. They, they know they're cared for, that your concern is their concern. They, they just, they feel that love. Physical presence and accessibility are crucial for pe- people with um, primary love language or physical touch. A phone call is great, but when you're there with them, that means the world. The opposite, neglect, rejection or abuse can be unforgivable and very destructive for a person whose love language is physical touch. This language is, is not, a bit, not about the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. 
a simple hand on the shoulder when times are tough. You know, when they're stressed. Just, you know, putting your hand on them. It, it means the world to them. Caleb, my, my boy, he's physical touch. When he's stressed, or when, you know when, when, um, when kids might have a tantrum? I don't know if you've ever, ever experienced that. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb doesn't need quality time. He don't, doesn't need me doing jobs for him. He doesn't need words of affirmation like, you're a champion. He just needs me to come and put my arm around him. Or just put my hand on his shoulder. You can feel his whole demeanour, literally. You can just feel him go... Yeah. It's all okay. <laughs> you know? when, he play, when he's playing soccer, and he's doing that today, he's playing a final, but if, when he's having a bad game, midway through the game, I can tell he's not having a good game. I'll just go up to him and say, hey, mate, you're doing awesome. Just that touch. He's like, oh, okay, still got a second half. Yeah. You know? He doesn't need me saying, oh, you smashed him today, you were brilliant, you know? Your defence and your, you know... The other kids need that who's words of, words of appreciation, but not Caleb. He just needs that touch. Right touch. So, these specific five love languages, when they're spoken or given correctly, they will fill that person's tank. It speaks of acceptance, appreciation, value, worth. It says to them that they're cherished that they're wanted, and that they're needed. So what are you? What, what is your primary love language? And you know, we have two. We have a giving language, and we have a receiving language. So my receiving language is um, words of affirmation. If you give me affirmation, I feel completely loved. My giving language is acts of service. Natalie's Receiving is quality time. Her giving is acts of service. Sometimes it's the same. Sometimes you can have both the same. Most times it's a little bit different. There is a quiz that I can show you. We were going to give you an app, and we'll probably do that as well. You can go on their um, five love languages. It's only 30 questions, and you'll know exactly what you are. Um, they've written a whole lot of books. I'm not marketing, okay, but... They've written books. There's one there for children. So you can work out what your kids are or your friends. There's singles, married, um, and I think there's a couple others as well. Um, love is the foundation and strength of any relationship. Any church, any family. Love is the glue that holds and brings people together. When you've got it structured right, it won't fall over. Do it the opposite way, it may stand for a while, but not for long. When you add these other ingredients of, you know, the languages of love, it actually strengthens and supports the relationship and the family. People feel emotionally full. Where there is no love, Disconnection is evident. Families, relationships and churches break down and fall apart when love is not attended to. Separation and division will come in where there is no love. And when love is lost, 
relationships and friendships can drift apart and fall apart. I wanted to talk, I wanted to, talk to you about love today because this is something that you have as an absolute strength in your church. Every time Natalie and I come, we, we feel that overwhelming sense of love. You guys are kind, you're good, but you're also very loving. Don't lose it. Be mindful of it all the time. You know, as a mechanic, I had to do courses all the time because technology is just getting out of control. In a few years' time, we won't have petrol cars, we'll all have electric cars. Seems the way we're going. If I wanted to still be a mechanic, I've got to learn. I've got to research. Well, if you want to have a strong, healthy, vibrant church, don't take things for granted. Research, learn. Get things like this. What do we need to do to continually put into the DNA of our church, into the foundation of our church? We absolutely, without even question, got to make sure we got this. Garbage. No discrimination. You know, we love you because we love you. But we don't want to leave it there. We want to get to a discipleship where we know you, you know. This is a brotherly, sisterly kind of love. Wonderful. Okay? Yeah. Right. So, over the next day or so, talk to each other. Find out, hey, what's your primary love? Because I, I don't want to stay at this. I want to go to this. I want to know what makes you tick, what fills your pain. <laughs> Who hears gifts? Anyone here that's their primary love language? They love getting gifts? Well, we all do, but, you know. <laughs> what about quality time? Anyone hear quality time? All those who went on the walk to school. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone hear um, words of affirmation? Well, I'm with you. <laughs> when you know that about each other, I'm not going to give him gifts if he's not gifts, but if he's words of affirmation, that's why I'm going to give him all the time, because it's going to strengthen our relationship, and it's going to take us up. Yeah. Now imagine if all the church was doing this. Yeah. That front door is going to get wider and wider and wider, because our community, our people that live down the street, they are searching and longing for this. Yeah. Just truth. Hope. Yeah. Father, thank you for your word. Yes. Oh, Lord, this was practical and simple. It wasn't probably all that spiritual, but Lord, it's still needed. Yeah. Help us, Lord, to glean from this today and, and take it back home to our family. Help us recognize and realize what our mother or mother-in-law is or our father or father-in-law is or our son and daughter, our uncle and auntie or our best friends, Lord, that we've known for years but we've never really known how they tick. Lord, just show us so that we can be a better friend, better loving friend, and allow your love to flow through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't Angela awesome? Yes. I'm a touch man, so just showing how much I love him. Hey, um, now, uh, okay, so we're going to, um, 
we're going to run, this is the, the only session we're going to have today, right, formal session, um, input session, and uh, we're going to do, I'm, I'm going to do an interview with Natalie and, uh, uh, and Andrew, and so uh, we're going to get out of our seats, have a bit of a stretch, it's going to be quick, uh, um, we went, what was this? Okay, even though we've gone over time, yeah, you're happy to do that and come back? Alright, oh, sorry, Kim. Morning tea and then come back. Sorry. That's actually the sixth love language. Coffee. Food. Yes. Everyone loves that. So we're going to grab some morning tea and then we're going to come straight back, are we? Alright, we're going to morning tea and we'll come back. <laughs>